I remember when that song came out, and uh, we had a group from uh, our, our teens, and I don't know if it was just girls or if it was girls and boys. Uh, Landon, you might remember, they sang it up at Max. Was that just girls? I think it was just girls. And I hate to say, but my only, really my only memory of them all singing together is my, was my daughter, Lacey. And every time I hear that song, my mind goes back and I picture her and she was there. And it was a contest, but she was just worshiping. And I don't know what it is. There's, there's songs and there's smells. Usually a smell can take your mind back to some place. I mean, you, can, you smell something and, all, and you're just there. Uh, but that song takes me back, and, I, and I'm grateful to the church. I think sometimes church, the church gets a bad name sometimes. And the church doesn't always do everything right. But the church has been, a, the church is a good thing. It provided my kids a place, and I, and I think, I think my, my kids, they were little, and they went through Bible school. And a couple of weeks ago, we saw all of our kids stand up here, and they all sang their songs, and and waved and acted dumb and we laughed at them and and it's it's wonderful it's wonderful and it was just a few years ago that uh avery who was up here just now singing uh, a wonderful young woman who loves jesus was a little kid and when she'd sing your ears would bleed it was terrible no it wasn't it was a wonderful it was wonderful and the church has that's that's where the, that's the church the church has been here. And many of you hold little ones and have little ones and you walk in with little ones. And our goal is to take them from your arms to a place where they stand in front of the Lord and wave their hand and say, I love who Jesus is. That's what the church does. I was, I was uh, well, I'm not going to tell you everything I know, but I was talking to one of my friends and he said, I love it when my daughter worships. And we do that in the church. But the church has to always keep its mind headed in the right way. And, and uh, as, when you preach, you have to be really careful that you don't preach what you think. You want to preach what God lays on your heart. And as I started in this week, I was, I was, I, I was reading in, in some different books that I was reading. And uh, my mind... In this book, we the, the scripture was talking. The, the the scripture was in that that particular book, and it was the book was about the church. And I thought, well, that that sounds like us. And as soon as I th- thought that, I started backing out of it. And I and I because I don't want to preach my opinion. Does that make any sense? Because my opinion really doesn't matter. And so I, I pulled out. I pulled out of the scripture, and I and I started going in another direction, and kept going and kept going. And and come Friday night, I did not have a sermon, and I, and God was like, "You've got to go back where I led you." And I said, "Lord, I do not want this to be, because this is what I think too. I'm just being honest with you. What I'm going to preach, this is what I think." But I want you to know this is not my opinion. This is, what, this is really what God has for us this morning. I just happen to agree with it. And so I want us to go to Revelation chapter 2. 
And in Revelation, and I want us all to stand, Jesus is speaking into the lives of some different churches. And it's seven different churches. And if you, if you could get a picture of it, I, th- I think sometimes we don't think, we, we think of these things and we say, well, you know, we, we don't think of them as real people. So I want you this morning, I want you to think that Jesus would write and he would say, okay, I want to talk to First Baptist in, 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 in Marshfield. And, and this is what, and he, and he always goes through and he goes, this is what I see you're doing really good and this is what I see. And, and, but but there's just some, these are some areas where you need to do something different. And he does this with seven different churches. And he goes to the Assemblies of God and he says, okay, this is what I see and this is what I think you need to do different. And it's real, and there were real people. And real churches with real pastors, with real problems. And they had little kids and they had big kids. And they had teens and they had old people. And they had people who were sick and they had people who were well. And they had people with family problems and they had people who died and they mourned together and they celebrated together and Jesus was talking to real and he was speaking to John and he's saying this is what I want you to say so this is what he says to the church at Ephesus to the angel of the church at Ephesus write these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in the right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands I know your deeds your hard work and your perseverance I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men and that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and you have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicholas, 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 guys, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who, oh, this is important. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that you would just come that you would just speak into our hearts. And Father, I pray that we would just hear you speak this, that we would hear you speak this this morning. Father, I've heard you speak this into my own life, and I, I pray that you would speak it into the life of our church this morning. Father, you're so good, and, and you're so gentle, and you're so loving. This, this language is so loving, and we thank you for this. And we ask that you would just speak it like, we, that you were, like you were just sitting here with us this morning. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, these are Jesus' words to a real church with real people. And all these churches had people in them who had at one time, because they were the church, They had one time had a life-altering experience with God. The message of God had come into their life and changed them so radically that they said, I want to go, and I want to go worship with God's people. I want to be with God's people. I want to know what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to go, and I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to go, and I'm going to be part of a church. And 
these were real people. They had repented. They had received forgiveness. And they uh, were following Jesus. And there were all different stories in these churches. There were homes where at one time, and and this is what's so neat about what's going to happen this morning in churches around the world. In churches around the world this morning, somebody's going to hear the message of Jesus Christ and it's going to save them. And it's not going to only save them from what they've done, but it's going to save their future. Their whole life is going to be different. This morning, in churches around the world, this is happening. In the encounter this morning, in the encounter this morning, some man is going to have a life-altering experience with Jesus Christ, and it's not only going to change his life, it's going to change his wife's life, it's going to change his kid's life. It's going to change his whole life, and it may change the, the trajectory of a family for eternity. Do you understand that? Years and years and people after people and generations after generations. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so this is who he's preaching to, people who have had that experience. And it transformed their family. It changed their homes, changed their kids. And they had met Jesus here. And they were doing life together. Their kids grew up together. And they had different moms and dads in the church, but they all were giving time to each other, and they were teaching each other's kids, and they were looking out for one another. And as their kids grew up and got married in this church that he's talking about here, when they got married, the whole church celebrated together. And they were like, this is awesome. These are two kids that grew up in our church, and we celebrate together, and they rejoiced together with God. And they cried when people got sick. And they rejoiced when people were healed. And they crowded around people and they prayed for them and they hurt with people when they were doing that. And they mourned when there was loss. And they all came together and they all hurt together. And when we tell you those things, we all know what that is, don't we? Because this is the church. And we understand that. And they shared their life and their faith together. And those in the community that was in there that was that was the church and they were real people and they would not and it says here that they would not tolerate wickedness and if there was social injustice they spoke out against it and if the government was doing wrong they would speak out against the things that the government was doing anything that was immoral they were doing and there were people getting saved and the people would rejoice together and there would be baptisms and they would rejoice together and more and more people were becoming a part of their church and they became a bigger and bigger church and as it got bigger and bigger there were more ideas about how church should be done and how Jesus should be shared and things like that and somewhere along the way in this church in Ephesus And it wasn't in a moment, but it was over time. They forgot what had changed them. And that doesn't happen in a moment. It doesn't doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just wake up and you forget what happened. It's usually slow, and it's so slow that you don't even notice that it's going on. It's not like a, a change, and all of a sudden the relationship was different. I remember the day that uh, Lacey got married. That day, in a moment, as soon as she said, I do, our relationship changed. It was different. 
Up until then, I had been her father. I could speak into her life and tell her what to do, and pretty much she had to do it. And, uh, and, I, and I had a relationship like that with her. And in a moment, this big, hairy guy comes in, and I'm no longer the guy she goes to anymore for advice and things. And in, in a moment, in a moment, that relationship was just totally different. Was it bad? No. Wonderful. But in a moment, that relationship changed. But in this, it was not in a moment. It was, and, and I mean, I knew it. That, that day, that was just on my heart, that everything's going to be different. Is that okay? Yes. But in a moment, it changed. But this was not like that. This was something that over time, it morphed, and the people became more interested in maybe church or the organization or something like that. They may became more interested in appearance or image. And they were working. If you look in the NIV or if you look in the Amplified, it says that they were working really hard. And they, and they worked hard at their church. They were doing difficult tasks. They were keeping the, keeping the church going. In the Amplified Bible, it says, I see your activities. I know you're doing stuff. I, I see... I see you're getting things done. Lots of things were keeping them busy. They had lots of things to keep people busy in the church. If you read on through that, it says, I know your laborious toil and trouble. Well, now, doesn't that sound like a wonderful place to go to church? I see at your church that you are in this laborious toil and what was it? Trouble. We ought to put that on the sign. Come to the church of laborious toil and trouble, of laborious work. We'll come in here and we'll put you to work and we want you to know that it's just going to be laborious and it'll be troublesome. And this church had somehow, through time, had morphed into this place where they were doing church, but it wasn't out of the joy of their heart anymore. It was this, it was, it was because they had to. They felt like they had to. They felt, they felt like it was their duty. And he knew that this was the way that it was in their church. And they were laboring, and they were laboring to keep the church going. And they were working, instead, and instead of a response to what God had done for them, I think they forgot what God had done for them. Sometimes something happened so long ago that we forget what had happened. We forget what people have done for us. We forget what people uh, have done, or what maybe what, we forget what God... I think sometimes, after we've been saved for a while... We start thinking, you know, I really deserve this. We start believing what we think about ourselves. You know, people say, you know, you're a pretty good guy. You're a pretty good guy. And we, you know, we start believing it. And you know, the only reason we're any good at all is because God saved us. We were wretched. We were wicked. 
And God pulled us up. And so, so you have this church, and they were wretched and wicked, and God saved them. And they're like, oh, God, thank you. We remember how wretched and wicked we are. And after a while, they start doing things, and they're working, and they're doing great things. And the people around them are like, you guys are just doing awesome. Thank you for the work that you're doing. <laughs> you know, I, I really am all that. And it wasn't that they meant to. It's just they forgot. They forgot. And I love... I love this language, and if you read it, if you read it, it, it kind of sounds harsh, but it really isn't. Jesus is coming to him and said, I see what you're doing. I know what has happened. Ever had your kid ever done something, and when you look at the situation, they look, you look at it, and you're like, well, this is a disaster. But when you get all the facts in it, you know, you know, they really didn't mean, that's not what they meant to happen. And so it kind of changes the way you come at them. You whip them with the small belt instead of the big one, you know. No, that's not what you, But you come at it and you're like, well, I can see, I can see what happened. I, I see what happened here. And this is the response that Jesus has. And he says, I see, I see you got labor and toil. And he says this to this church. And he says, this is, not, this is not what I want you to be. You're supposed to be serving in joy as a response to what God's done for you. But somewhere along the way, it became more about the church than it was about Jesus. It came about keeping busy and, and keeping the doors open and, and keeping everything up and keeping everything running. And instead of being in worship and in service to the Lord out of joy, it was, it was this, I got to... I guess I got to be here on Sunday. I guess I got to come and do this. And that was and I, the interesting thing about this. The wonder, the wonderful thing about this is, he says, "This is the only thing I can find wrong with you." Wouldn't it be nice if 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 someone? I'm tell you what. If someone looked at me, there would be way more than one thing wrong, and I don't need anybody to start yelling them out. But if you we, this morning, Landon came into church, in the office, and Cindy said something to him, and she goes, well, you need, look at, you got some gray hair. Look at you. Your hair's gray. And I'm just, Landon, I'm just being honest with you. This is one of the happiest days of my life when I saw my son starting to get a little bit of a belly because him and his skinny, scrawny brother, Luke, have for years made fun of me because I'm fat. And they're like, <laughs> you know, we can eat whatever we want to. <laughs> Look how skinny we are. <laughs> you know what I'd do? I'd stand in front of him and say, this is coming, buddy. It's coming. Woo-hoo. The train is coming, Landon. It's pulling. It's coming. <laughs> Cindy, said, Cindy said, Landon, I shouldn't pick on you, but I'm going to. And he said, <laughs> Landon goes, well, what else is wrong with me? You know, because we're just picking on his hair. And he's starting to fill out a little bit. I'm kind of glad he is. I mean, he's been scrawny for years. And he goes, have you got, what else is wrong with me? And Cindy goes, well, I've got a list right here. And I said, I've got a thumb drive. I'll let me go get it. But, that, but Jesus wasn't that way to this church. He said, there's just one, there's just one thing wrong. There's just one thing wrong. You, you guys, I know your heart. 
and I know you. He said, you don't tolerate any false teaching. But he says, you just, I just don't think you, I think somewhere in all of this, you just don't love me like you used to. Those of us who have been married for a while, we know that there are times when, I mean, I mean, the passion is there and, and your, your wife knows you love her and she, I know that she loves me. And, and there's just times when that, but there's also some times where you get in the struggle of life. And there's been times, we, Cindy and I, we've just been going and doing life and doing life and we'll go four or five or six weeks, you know, and, and, and we'll go along and, and be like, you know what, I, I haven't loved you like I, I haven't paid attention to you like I need to. And it's usually me saying this to her. You're not cooking as much as you need to. And it's really about me. No, but you know what I'm saying. And there's sometimes as a married couple, you have to step back and you say, you know what? We need to, we need to do a little bit better at this. I'm sorry. I, I haven't paid attention to you like I should have. I've forgotten your birthday for the last 25 years, and you know I'm going to do better. No, I haven't. I forgot my anniversary one time. One time. And my wife made sure that I would never, ever forget it again. But it's just, just, it's just the way it is. Sometimes we need to be... Re- do, do I love her any less? No. But I've... I've, I've for- and he says, you've forgotten. You just forgot me. And as I read this, I was, I was like, I, I, if you go down into there, he says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height which you have fallen. Repent. And as I read this, I was like, man, that is strong language, repent. Because repent is what, when we hear that, we hear that someone is completely lost that they have, they have to have to have a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of action, and everything is messed up there. There's no hope for you. Uh, someone who, in, in the, in jo- when John the Baptist speaks, speaks about repent and Jesus speaks about repent, it's change of mind, change of heart, change of action. You're, you're lost. And I'm like, boy, that sounds like that, but the rest of it really doesn't sound like that. And so I got to looking and seeing what that, what that language meant there and what, what that really meant there. And, 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 the, and the word is just a little bit different than normal. And, and, and it's, not this, uh, it's not this this change of mind, change of heart, change of action. And if you, if you, if you, go, if you want to look, I, I was looking in the Amplified Bible and, and, the, and, the, and the language was just completely different than what when Jesus spoke about repent, when Jesus spoke about repentance, he said, so, "He said this: Think differently, change your mind, change your conduct, regret your sin." That's what that's what that repent means. But this one says, "This repent that he says he says change your heart action." This church has not left God. They have not forsaken God. They're still there. They're doing the work. 
It's a little bit out of it's out of out of duty sometimes, and and it's become and when when stuff's out of duty, it's hard to do, isn't it? It's you know if you got to go to work if you got to go to work every day, you're like well okay, <laughs> let me go. You know I used to milk cows, and every day that alarm would go off. And I'd hit the floor and I'd say, thank God I get to milk those dirty, nasty cows today. And if it was raining outside and really sloppy, I was extra joyful. No, man, I'd be like the Dunkin' Donut guy. Gotta go make the donuts. Gotta go milk the cows. And sometimes, I'm just being honest with you, because we're friends Sometimes if we're not careful, church becomes that. Come on, we can be honest. I've got to go teach Sunday school this morning. I've got to go to worship practice today. I've got to go listen to that preacher preach this morning. Hey, I know, I know, you know, I understand. And it's that way sometimes in marriage. Oh, I've got to go do this thing with my wife. I mean, every husband I've ever heard, oh, I've got to go do this thing with my wife. My wife wants me to go do this. Blah, blah, blah. Or my husband wants me to go do this. I've got to go. I've got to cook this dinner because my husband invited somebody over. I've got to go do this, you know. I'm going to tell you what. Winter 1984. When Cindy called, it didn't matter what it was. I was going to be there. That's when we first started dating. Hey, you think you can come over after school? Yes, ma'am. You better betcha. You think, Brian, you think maybe you can come pick me up and bring me to school? You ain't. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. I was excited. You think maybe we go Pizza Hut after the game? You better believe you. It was joy, man. But if you're not careful, sometimes I almost played that section of the movie out of Top Gun where he sings to her, "You've lost that loving feeling." <laughs> I just could not make. I just didn't think it was probably quite right because it's in a bar and he's. <laughs> the whole thing is just wrong. But I just, it's wrong. But I'm going to tell you, it's funny. You've lost that loving feeling. And Jesus says, that's not what Jesus is saying. But Jesus says, you need to change your, he's not saying go back, he's not saying go to the altar, repent. Change your mind, change your ways, change your heart. He's saying, you just need to adjust your mind a little bit. You just need an adjustment. That's the only thing I can find wrong with you. You're doing everything good. You're, you're, you're doing it. You just need to change to where you're doing it with a joy in your heart like you used to have. You've done your will, but you need to... Ch- it, says, it says change... This word, this definition of repent says change the inner mind, the inner man. It's, literally, it says change the inner man to meet God's will. He said... Just come back around and just do things because I want you to. Do the things I want you to.
And I read this and I got to the end of it. And in the last verse of this section, verse 7, it says, To him who overcomes, to him who overcomes. He's saying, look, I can't make, I can't make you do this. I think, I think so often we say, oh, God, change people, change people, change people. And God does work, and he draws us, and he draws us unto him. But sometimes, folks, we have to decide, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because God loved me so much that he pulled me out of the miry muck that I was in and cleaned me and made me new. Out of response to that, I'm going to do this. And he says, you have to over." this you're going to have to do this you're going to have to decide i am going to serve with joy in my heart i'm going to serve and i'm going to do this and he says to him who overcomes i will give the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of god he said i'm going to see one thing wrong with you you change your mind get in line with my will and decide i'm I'm going to do this. Overcome. Jesus is drawing them and showing them the problem. Jesus draws us, but we have to respond. Jesus changes us and fills us and empowers us, but our response to that is, I'm going to overcome and I'm going to live like God would have me to. God will give us the power, but we have to at some time overcome and get back. I want you to be really honest this morning. I left a big section of the sermon out, but I just want... Can you think of a time in your life when you were serving joyously? Where church was not something that was a burden or a hassle or a laborious time of toil and trouble. And I'm just to be honest with you. Sometimes church is a time of laborious toil and trouble. Any Sunday school teacher will tell you that. Anybody that's ever been in leadership, at times it is laborious toil and trouble. We don't speak like that anymore, but I, I kind of like it. It's a labor. Sean, you ever have some Wednesday night where it was just a labor to get it all in and get it done? Absolutely. You know why? Because sometimes it is. And you know what? He don't love teens. He doesn't love them because it's laborious sometimes. No, that's not what it is. Just sometimes it's that way. We got to be, we, I mean, this church, we got to be honest. Sometimes it's a labor to do the ministry. Sometimes. But Jesus says, look, you've got to overcome. You can't sit there. You don't sit there. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I know Sean, and I know how he is, and I'm sure those are minimal, minimal times. Most of the time, Sean's like, mm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. We're going. I got it. But there are going to be some days when it's, I've got to go make the donuts. I've got to go make the donuts. Now, this is my opinion, and this is what I think. I think 
that as a church, we need to remember what God has done for us. I think we do really good on lots of things. You guys work, and you guys get the job done. But I don't want us to do church out of duty. I want us to do church with joy in our hearts. I want us to do our Sunday school classes with a joy in our heart. I want everybody up here on Sunday morning singing with joy in our heart, not because I have to, but because God wants me to. And I want you to ask yourself this morning, has there been a time when it was more of a joy to serve the Lord than it is right now? Because, hey, just be honest and just, just say, Pastor, you know, sometimes it's a laborious toil, and I don't want to stay there. I used to look forward to coming to church. I used to look forward to being part of whatever it was. I, 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 I looked forward to it. It was a joy. And, and I'm just being honest with you, Pastor. Sometimes it's just, a, it's just duty. You think I don't know that? You think I don't see that sometimes? And as I went through this, I got so caught on that word repent because I was like, I know my people. And, and I think I can hear the heart of this church at Ephesus. And I'm like, God, this is not a, this is not uh, some, these, these are not people who are in sin. These are not people who have rejected you. These are not people, they love the church. If they didn't love the church, they wouldn't be laboriously toiling for it. They just quit. And I was like, and I got to that word, repent. That, re, that word repent is not, you sorry, wicked sinner. It said, it's just, just remember and change your attitude towards me I want us to stand I've asked the worship team to come and sing sing a song that we sang this morning it's about making us new and giving us new eyes and new heart to see just this morning I'm going to open up the altars and here's the deal if you have sin in your life and the Lord has spoke somehow to you, that, that, that was not my message this morning, but if you have sin in your life and you want to repent, by all means, come down and do this, that. But that is not the message out of Revelation this morning. Jesus is saying, look, I just, I just, want, to, I just want you to remember who I am. I just want you to love me like you used to. I just want you to serve me like you did when we were dating. Remember, remember when, remember when we first got saved and I, I just want that again. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to give you a chance to pray today. I'm not asking you to get saved. I'm not asking you to rededicate your life. I'm asking you to say, God, I love you and I want, God, I love you. And I just want to love you better. And help me, God, to readjust and be what you would have me to be. We're going to sing. The altars are open. If you want to come pray, you're welcome to come pray this morning.